Okay, good morning, everyone. I thank our sponsors, Dvor and Avi Orlan, again, in memory of their beloved daughter, Miriam Esther Bas Avram Yitzchak, who's the Shama Shirav and Aliyah, and by an anonymous donor in the merit of all IDF soldiers, so anonymous that I have no clue who it is. But that's uh, what was given to me. The merit of IDF soldiers, very beautiful. Hashem should continue to watch over them and keep them safe as they keep us safe. Okay, continuing our Amuna Shir, working out our Amuna muscles. So uh, we are in still Ale Shor Chelik Beis, Ravobi, in the second volume of Ravobi's uh, seminal work, Shar Ravi, Maracha Shlishis, Bitachon, page Tov Kuf Tzadi Ches. Everyone see where we are? Anyone who cares to see where we are, see where we are. Okay, so I'm curious how everyone did on their homework assignment last week. Yeah. <laughs> we forgot it. We did that well, huh? You sound like my kids. Forgot to turn it in. Forgot to do it. So the... Um, if you remember, we spoke last week about the idea of inviting Hashem in the room and making Hashem be at our side and present in all that we do. Every decision that we're making, every experience we're having, every reaction, that we're not doing it alone. But real amuna and bitachon means that we're consulting with Hashem as our confidant, our friend, our family member. Whenever we're traveling, we're not traveling alone, we're traveling with Him. Whenever we're experiencing a challenge or a struggle or tension, we're not experiencing it alone and asked to endure it alone but rather we're experiencing it together with him. And that was, uh, he developed last week, Ravolbi. He didn't develop it last week, but we studied it last week. The um, balance and the reason that Hashem created a world that took the relationship between the equilibrium, between Heshtadlas and Bitachon. It takes our effort and it also takes our trust. Effort is tremendously satisfying and gratifying, but runs the risk of thinking that we're in charge. Bitachon is incredibly uplifting and enriching to realize there's a Hashem, He controls our universe, but it could breed a sense of passiveness and fatalism. And so what we need is the blend between the two. And that was B'zeyas HaPecha Toch The punishment to Adam was Mida Keneged Mida, was commensurate with the mistake of misusing free will, where Hashem said, I want you to take that free will and find that balance, the integration between these two things. And if you remember, just to... Uh, Include our summary of last week. That's what Rabbeinu Yonah in Mishlei described so beautifully. That the Pasuk says in Mishlei that we have to believe in Hashem, Hashem trust in Hashem with all your heart. But that means in our heart, theoretically, in the abstract. Know that there's Hashem. Go to the Amuna class and belong to every Amuna group and read every book on Amuna and know in your heart, if challenged, know and believe in your heart. That we're not here randomly, we're not here by chance. Life is not just coincidence. There's a God, and He controls the universe. There's a first cause to all that exists. There is a, a master plan. Know that in your heart. But as we said last week, there are many people who know it in their heart, and that's where it remains, in their heart. So that they say, Baruch Hashem, Mirz Hashem, Chaste Hashem. But then when it comes to business, they're ruthless in business. When it comes to competing, or when it comes to taking revenge, or feeling anger, or envy, or anxiety, or all the areas where a lack of bitachon leads to different debilitating, dysfunctional feelings, so then it remains only in the heart, it never comes out. And that's why the Pasuk continues, Rabbi Yonah says, B'chol durachecha de'ehu. So first know that there's a God in your heart, and then... In all of your journeys, in all of your travels, wherever you go and whatever you do, know Him. Know Him. I was trying to help you have last night with something on the computer or download something in iTunes. It's always so frustrating. Technology is unbelievable. You have to stop and say, Hashem, help me out. You're my IT person, Hashem. Help me out. Make this work. Figure it out. Make it work. Just have, just have it come to be. 
just to have a look. So b'chol whatever task is at hand, be it large and consequential, be it small and inconsequential, but b'chol in all your journeys and all your tasks and all your ways, know that there is a know that there is a Hashem. So he concluded, or we concluded, what we read last week was on the one hand we have a mitzvah of an effort in parnasa, and we loved how Revolba called that a mitzvah. You can't just be passive or think it's going to happen or God's going to provide. God gave you the capacity to provide. You have to realize that when we make the effort, it's up to Him if we're successful, but He is counting on us to be His partner and to to try to bring it into the world of, of action. So we're on the last paragraph above the asterisk. One of the areas that we need to take initiative and show effort in life is doing borer. Borer is also on Shabbos. Borer is one of the 39 malachas. You're not allowed to separate and sort on Shabbos. But separating and sorting is a part of our mission all week long. Hatov mehara, the good from the bad. To do that in the world is easy. We can read the New York Times or the Wall Street Journal or Fox News, CNN, whatever your choice, read Washington Post, whatever you want to read, and to say, I can distinguish. Here are the good people, here are the bad people, here are the good events, here's the bad events, here's the good news, here's the bad news. To be able to look out at the world and try to distinguish between good and bad and use our capacity to sort and, uh, and, and, and uh, distinguish, that we can do. But to do it within ourselves, to do a sense of borer, to extract the good and bad within ourselves, that is much, much harder. To identify what are my good qualities and my bad qualities, what's a good decision and a bad decision, what are healthy thoughts and unhealthy thoughts, that's much, much harder. So, giving it back to the agricultural analogy, because Adam Arishon in the Torah was describing an agricultural society. The punishment to Adam for making the wrong choice in the Garden of Eden was that he had to work very hard out in the out in the field. So he says, you know, um, what's it called? Weed. Taking the weeds out in the field and picking the right wheat, that's much easier than when you've harvested your wheat, now going to, now going to work to sell it. And you can't, at the end, so you, you break your back in the field, the sun is beating down, you're plowing, you're planting, you're harvesting, you're winning, all the different parts of, of bringing in uh, produce, you've harvested your field, so after you broke your back and the sweat of your brow and the time and energy you gave up and the muscles and joints that ache, mm-hmm. to be able to say, you know what, I did all that work, but really it's Hashem. That's Lach is Hashem. He made it rain and He kept away the bugs and He enabled me to find buyers and the market to have a, to have a high price. So Revolva says, that is our mission. The balance between hishtadlus and bitachon, effort, initiative on the one hand, and faith and trust on the other, is to um, go through life and to be able to distinguish, to be able to sort, to do borer in our lives, to be able to realize what's me and what's Hashem. Where's my job? What's my part? What's my half? And what does Hashem do? We, in Sitter Snippets, we, um, last week or two weeks ago, we talked about... If you want to grab more... If you've run into the Sephardi, I would do it. You can grab a couple more chairs from there. So... Um, in Sitter Snippets, we talked about the bracha of Asher Yatsar. And the bracha of Asher Yatsar, what is the bracha of Asher Yatsar? Asher Yatsar is Adam Bechachma, 
God created us with wisdom. And what's the wisdom? They're bringing more chairs. Don't worry. What's the wisdom that Hashem created us? So some explain, we quoted in the Siddur snippets, some explain that the Chachma that Hashem created us with is that the body has, the body's a factory. The body is a more complicated, incredibly productive, efficient factory, as great as any factory that there is. Hashem created the body as a factory that extracts the nourishment and the nutrient and the good that we need to keep and eliminates the bad that we can afford to get rid of that we don't need, that we don't need anymore. That's an incredible, incredible gift. So we acknowledge every time we come out of the bathroom, Rav Yerucham of the Mir said, a person comes out of the bathroom, if you understood the miracle of what goes on between when you put the food in your mouth, you chew it, and you taste it, and your saliva, and it breaks it down, you're able to swallow it, you're able to absorb it, it goes through the entire length of the digestive system, and, uh, and the intestine, large intestine, the small intestine, the stomach, and you're able to excrete it, and you're able to hold on to the nutrients and get rid of what you don't need. Rav Yerucham the Mir said, you'd call a family member and say, I just underwent a surgery and it was successful. If you understood everything that went through it, you'd say, I'm making a party. I need to make a suda sada. I just had a, su- a successful surgery. That's how intricate and detailed that entire system is. So that's the Asher Yatzar Sa'adam, the Chachma, the Chachma, the brilliance, the wisdom of what Hashem created. We are walking factories. And the fact that Hashem created our body in such a way that we eat food and we extract the nutrients and the nourishment and then we eliminate what we don't need is a symbol and a model and a reminder every day that just like our body is that factory, our heart and our soul are to be the factory that does that for how we interpret the world. We look at the world and we too are supposed to separate and extract out the nourishment, the nutrients, the things that will sustain us spiritually and get rid of the rest and get rid of the rest. Let's continue. So he now quotes the great founder, father of the Muslim movement, Rabbi Yisrael Salanter. There are two types of bitachon, of trust in Hashem. The Chovas HaVavos, Rabbi Bachi Ibn Pakuda, Rabbi Bachi and his Chovas HaVavos says, how do you exhibit bitachon? Bitachon is expressed through Hishtadlus. Not through passiveness, but through action. Specifically, by the way, taking action when it's against all odds. Doing things that make no sense. That's how you show that you have bitachon. When you say, you know what, I don't know if this will be successful. And I don't have confidence in its success. And I'm not sure I'm capable of success. But you know what? I trust Hashem. So therefore, I'm going to make the effort anyway. You understand? So Rabbi Bachia, making an effort is the fulfillment of the expression of having faith in Hashem. If you sit back passively on your couch and you say, I'm not feeling well, but Hashem will make it better. I'm not working, but Hashem will fill my bank account with money and give me parnasa. I'm not modeling for my children, but Hashem's going to give me righteous children. I'm not making an effort in my relationship, but everything's going to fall into place. If you just sit back passively, that's not trust in Hashem. That's exactly the opposite. You need to create a clay kibul. You have to give Hashem the means, the, the foundation through which He can do His thing. But if you don't make the effort, you're not actually showing Hashem faith. What you're doing is relying on a miracle. And we don't rely on miracles. We don't rely on miracles. Relying on a miracle is not having faith in Hashem. It's trying to test the system. And you're going to, you're going to be disappointed. Because Hashem doesn't suspend the rules of nature. And Hashem doesn't make miracles for you lowly oisvarf. Not you. Us. We. Right? So... There are only a handful of times in all of human history that Hashem has suspended His rules of nature to intervene and intercede and do a miracle. And you think you're worthy of one of them? You think you're lined up and worthy for the next one? 
So don't rely on Hashem's miracle because you're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Instead, do everything that you can. Do things that are a long shot. People who engage in experimental treatment in medicine because even though it's a long shot, if I want Hashem to be able to work his magic, he has to be able to have a hook to hang his hat on. I have to be able to afterwards say, no, 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 it wasn't Hashem didn't do a miracle. The experimental treatment and Hashem, Baruch Hashem made it work. God gave the wisdom and the insight to the doctor who had this einfall, who had this idea to do it. So I credit Hashem with its success, but I need to be able to explain it within the rules of nature. If I can't explain it within the rules of nature, then it's a miracle and God doesn't do miracles. So I'm giving Hashem the outlet. I'm giving Hashem the, the path to be able to do His thing, work His magic. If I don't do my ishtadlis, then I'm just saying do a miracle and He's not going to do a miracle. But when I do my ishtadlis, even when it's a long shot, in whatever area, whatever arena, it's a very big long shot to do it. But I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. I mentioned in the Pasha here several weeks ago that when Esav is, is positioned to come out first, twins are, are growing in their mother's womb, in Rivka's womb, and Esav is, is positioned to come out first. Yaakov gains his name. Why? Because he grabs the heel of Esav. What are you grabbing the heel? He's already on his way out. You can't pull him back in and you're going to circumvent him and get around and get out first. It's not, you know, it's not like Grand Prix Raceway. You're not, you, can't, you can't pass him. There's no passing on the left and the right, whichever lane. So what's Yaakov bothering? So much so he gains a name. He gains a name. So I forgot who says it. Rav Biederman, Rav, Yankel, Rav uh, Melech Biederman quotes it in his uh, Bera Torah. But he says, Yaakov knew it was a long shot, but he did it. And did it pay off for Yaakov? Yeah. Fast forward several years. And who ends up with the birthright? Who ends up as the firstborn? In the womb in that moment, it was such a long shot. It looked foolish. What are you wasting your time? What are you wasting your energy? You're going to grab a heel? It's, not, it's impossible. It's impossible. But Yaakov did the impossible. And when he did the impossible, by doing that hishtadlis, by showing that effort, and then putting in trust in Hashem, he created a means for Hashem. Hashem responded. And Hashem made the impossible possible. And what happens? Fast forward. Esav's hungry. comes in from the field and sells the birthright to Yaakov. So did Yaakov get what he sought and set out to do? He did. Did he get it right then? No. And the same is true with us. Sometimes we do our shtadas. Sometimes we put in that effort professionally in a relationship with our children in so many different ways. And we don't see the peros. We don't see the results immediately. So we become disheartened. We, have, uh, we lose our morale because we say, well, I tried. What was the point of trying? It didn't even work. What was the point? I tried everything new with my wife, with my husband, with my children, at work, with my health, with the extras. I tried everything it didn't even work. It didn't even work. It's January 2nd already. I started it yesterday. I tried everything new and it didn't work. What's the point? January 2nd, there's no point. There's no point. So you see from the story of Yaakov that it's not true. Sometimes there's a delay, but it, Hashem has to respond and react to our initiative and our effort. And for Rabbeinu Bachya in the Chobos HaLavavos, why is that? Because our initiative and our effort are really a form of bitachon. That's how we show bitachon. Hashem splits the sea, but beforehand, the people are standing at the edge. We're going to read about this in a few weeks. And what are they doing? They're davening to Hashem, which is what I would have thought they were trained to do. I would think Hashem would give them a big yashakach. Incredible. Here's three stars on your mitzvah chart. You're davening, just like I taught you to do in a moment in Ace Sarah, in a moment of need. Instead, Hashem yells at them and he says, What are you doing? Close the sitter. Close the tehillim and go to the doctor. Get a job. Close the sitter, close the tehillim and start walking. Hashem is ready to split the sea, but he has to, you have to start walking. You have to do the ishtadlis. So we pray with our words and we pray with our actions. We show faith in our heart and we show faith in our deeds. 
for the Chobos Halavavos, taking his shtadlis, making an effort, is gufa, is exactly how we express the bitachon. You can't rely on a miracle. God's not doing miracles. He's not doing miracles for us. So if we, if we show effort, and we can have a hook to hang the miracle, the miracle, it really was a miracle. Six day war was a miracle. But there was an Israeli army, and they went to fight, and they had weapons, and those who want to be able to explain it as nature can explain it as nature. You need to give Hashem a hook to hang his miraculous hat on. But, right, our job is after the fact to still interpret it as a miracle. Our job is to still see Hashem's guiding hand and to give Him credit and to express our gratitude to Him and show our appreciation and put our traits, trust and faith in Him the next time. That's our job. But for Hashem to be able to do His work, we need to give Him a clay kibbo. So I understand Hashem is all powerful. Hashem is all capable. He's infinite. He can do anything. What does He need our effort? He could have made the Jewish people spared from our enemies without an army, without weapons. He could make a person heal without going to the doctor, without trying the experimental medicine. He could make a miracle. The sea could have split without their starting to walk and go in. He could make it rain. You could make business come in without networking and trying to, and trying to uh, seek uh, referrals. So why do we have to go through the status? Hashem is all-powerful. He's all-knowing. He's all-capable. It's true. We're not trying to take away from Hashem by suggesting we have to do our status. But we have to do what we have to do. That's how he designed the world. The key, we mentioned this last week, the uh, example, the mushal, like the lottery winner who has $1.5 billion coming to him or her, we don't know, who has yet to turn in the ticket. On the one hand, they've already won. Sitting in a storehouse in a bank account of the lottery, sitting in lottery escrow is $1.5 billion with a B dollars. Billion. So why isn't it just transferred to the person? The person can sit on their couch at home and say, so new, why isn't it in my account? Why are it? Put it there. Why isn't it there? LMI, what does the person have to do in order to access the 1.5 billion? You've got to bring in the ticket. You've got to do what you have to do. So our ticket is tefillah. Hashem has, what Pincus talks about in the beginning of Sharm tefillah, because created the world. If you look at the beginning of the world, Hashem designed an ecosystem. He created rain, condensation, turns into rain, it falls, it nourishes the ground, the ground produces... He created it all, but he didn't set it in motion until the sixth day when man is created. And Rashi there quotes, why not? Because until there was man to appreciate it and to pray for it, he didn't provide it. And Rapinka says the same is true in our lives. There is incredible bracha waiting for us. Whether it's in money, or in health, or in ruchnius, or gashmius, or children. There's amazing <coughs> bracha that's sitting up there in the storehouse. It's waiting. But Hashem says, you need to ask. I told you the other mashal. I'll put money on your debit card, I tell my children but you got to call. you got to call. you got to talk to me. I'm not just replenishing the money on the debit card automatically. I want you to call. I want you to ask. I want the relationship. So the money's waiting, and it's ready to be transferred. The blessing, the bracha is there in your life, but you've got to call and ask. The same is true with Hashem. There's storehouses of bracha, but we have to ask, and Hashem designed and set up the system that way so that He'd have a relationship with us. Just like with our children. My children call either way. They want out the debit card because they need other things. But I'm just joking. I'm just joking. Because they love me and they love us and we love them. And they're perfect. So, so we have a relationship. But Kodesh Baruch wants that relationship. So he sets up a world where there's bracha waiting for us, but we have to ask. So we ask with our words, but we also ask with our deeds. We have to do our hishtadas. We have to make our efforts. So that's Rabbeinu Bakr. That's the Chovah Salavavos. The Chovah Salavavos perspective is that ishtadlus is a form of emuna and bitachon. Effort, initiative, is how we express trust. Laharamban, the Ramban, Nachmanides, 
The Ramban has kind of an extreme view of, of Bitochan Amunah. And he says, real Amunah and real Bitochan, the highest, highest level, is that you put your entire trust in Hashem to the point that you forfeit doing any initiative. And you realize initiative is a concession. It's a lowly level. It's in the material, physical, human world. But Hashem, who's so so all-capable, can do anything, you literally cast all your trust and all your faith in Hashem. Now, the Ramban goes so far as to say, even, it's a difficult Ramban. Rabbi Salavitri talked about the Ramban. Really say this, it's not really says, but the Ramban seems to write to the point that the person with the highest level of bitachon, when they get sick, doesn't go to the doctor. They dive into Hashem. So it sounds like Christian science, Scientology. It sounds like those things that are not part of our faith. But the Ramban writes, or seems to write, that, and he doesn't say that one should try that at home. That's for the highest, highest level of which most none of us are capable of. So don't try it at home, but know that there is somewhere a category of people, a person, who can have such a level that they're just trusting in Hashem. Not that they're not going to the doctor, they're just trusting with Hashem. I once visited someone in the hospital, a young person who was having a particular medical issue, and they needed to have a medical procedure in order to solve it. And they're, they're a person who I admire for the level of Amunah Bitochum they have. Always. And they're davening the way they speak, the way they behave, the way they act. And he just he was in the hospital just delaying, delaying. He just didn't want it. He said, I'm telling you, Hashem is going to solve it for me. I don't need, it. I don't need that, that, that uh, solution. And Taka, he davened, he davened, he davened, and davened, 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 and it resolved itself. Now, I, I'm not suggesting that something should be tried at home. It's irresponsible to try that at home. It's irresponsible with our own bodies. It's irresponsible with our children or our family members. We believe you got to go to the doctor. We're more chovas halavavos type of bitachon. And even if you're a Ramban type of bitachon person, don't think that you're on that level that you should try that at home. Some have tried that at home and failed. So, kavanas agon rabbi Yisrael Salanter yiladivrei Ramban b'chukosai v'nesati mishkane b'tzokachem. So, so rabbi Yisrael Salanter is... is um, laying out that there are two types of bitachon. There's the Chovah Salavavah's bitachon, where Hishtadlis is an expression of bitachon, and there's, there's the Ramban bitachon, where just just throw it all on Hashem. Ha'klal, now according, we're quoting uh, the Ramban. Ha'klal, Jewish people, we are, we are an expression of God in this world. And as an extension and an expression of Hashem, we don't have to trust in the natural world. We don't have to engage. We don't have to utilize the natural world. Not with our body, not with our land, not as a people, and not as individuals. This is the Ramban. Again, some are so... Um, Suspicious that the Ramban could have even said this. They suggest the Ramban didn't really say this. But the Ramban, our version of the Ramban includes this. That the Ramban is saying that real Amunah Bitochun, to really see ourselves as an extension of Hashem, means to put all your trust in Hashem and know that He's going to protect you to the point you don't have to go to the doctor. In the time of the prophets, when you got sick, you didn't go to a doctor. You went to the prophet. And he said, tell me why I'm going through this. What do I need to fix? What do I need to repair? What do I need to improve? How do I need to react? So you didn't go to the doctor, you went to the prophet. Hashem. 
מצה בחג המטוס כי הם חומץ, אבל דורש השם בנביא לא ידרש ברופם, ומה חלק לרופם בבייס עושה רצון השם, אחר שהבטיח וברך אצלך מאכו, מי מאכו ואסירוס עם מאכו מקיר באכו. What place is there for a doctor or medicine in the home of somebody who entirely puts their faith and trust in Hashem? הרי במשפט האחרון אמר הבעל מפורש, ומחלק הרופם בבייס עושה רצון השם. In the last sentence the Ramban says, what place is there for initiative in the life of a person who truly puts all their trust in Hashem. If you really can, if one is really at that level of entirely putting their trust in Hashem, what effort do you need to make? This sugya, studying this topic, this issue, how to find the reconciliation between free will on the one hand, initiative on the one hand, and faith and trust in Hashem on the other, this sugya, this topic is no less complicated than the most complicated sugyas in Shas, the most complicated sugyas in Halacha. So one shouldn't try to oversimplify it or think that you can simplify it. It's a really, really complicated topic. And even within the Ramban, don't oversimplify it. Now I'm not going to try. I don't need to try hard at work. I don't need to try hard on my midos. I don't need to try hard on my health. Eh, it's all up to Hashem. Don't oversimplify what's a very complicated topic, says Revolbi. Can you merge the two ideas by doing like we are doing different circumstances? Like, for example, you have someone who there is a cure, so you could go by the Cholos Talabalos that you should try to, you know, pursue that cure. Or if you're in a situation where there is no cure and you're really, you know, there's nothing you could do, then you could pass them by the Ramadan who says that, you know, when yeah, you're maybe. stuck. I hear that. Like, you know, or you're, you're, you know, you don't have to go into that dangerous area, but a bus drops you off there and you found yourself there, so now just believe in Hashem and hopefully it'll help you get through this dangerous neighborhood. But you, don't, you shouldn't get there to begin with if you could avoid, you know. Yeah, saying, I definitely like, hear what you're saying. So here's the good news. When there's hope, when there's When it comes to hashkafa, there's no psa halacha. In other words, I put my milk fork in the flagship dishwasher, so you got to call the rabbi, you got to find out what's the halacha. And, you know, you want to know with brain death, so you have one posik and you got to ask the posik and there's a halacha. The good news is when it comes to Ashkafa, there's discussion about this too, but when it comes to Ashkafa, we believe, we, we have certain parameters of what are legitimate alternatives within Ashkafa. It doesn't mean that you can invent or create or subscribe to just anything that anyone wants to believe or say. We have parameters and boundaries within Ashkafa, but within those parameters and boundaries, one is entitled to integrate into their lives. There's no system of psaac. So I'll give an example. Do we believe in reincarnation? Do we believe in reincarnation? Yeah. We're not going to talk about this now. Mm-hmm. But there's a big machlokas. Right. Do you believe in reincarnation? There's Rishonim who line up on both sides of this. And it's not the way you think they'd line up. It's not that the mystics all believe in it and the rationalists don't believe in it. There are rationalists who believe in it. There are mystics who don't believe in it. There's a long list of Rishonim who talk about do we believe in Gilgulim in reincarnation? So here's the good news. First of all, we'll all find out. It's not, you know, it won't really make such a big difference in your life. You've got to lead your best life either way. But it's a Ashkafic issue. There are two sides to it. Whichever one resonates more with you and you feel more compelling or enables and allows you to continue to live as a religious Jew connected with Hashem, you're allowed to subscribe to it. So in Ashkafa, there's not a specific, yes, we have a Masorah, and yes, there are boundaries to what we can believe. But the idea that I have to leave here today and I'm going to tell you, just like we study a halachic topic, so we go from the Pasuk to the Gemara to the Rishonim, and I tell you the Shachanarch, and I tell you Machlokas, Ramosh, and the Chazanish, and say, this is how we paskin. We don't do that for this. You want to leave here, there's moments where you're going to believe in the Chovah's Halavavah's perspective, go do it, go kill it. 
work and try and make an effort like it all depends on you, and then trust as if it all depends on Hashem. That's the Chavos of Abbas. And there's going to be moments like the Ramban. Now, where I disagree with you, if it's okay to disagree with you, <laughs> where I disagree is that even according to the Chavos Halavavos, if you find yourself in a bad neighborhood, you put your trust in Hashem at that point. Meaning, it, you, you always have to do your initiative. You should show your initiative to say, I got to get out of this neighborhood. No, I'm going to do everything I can to be you, safe in this neighborhood. You, uh, you know, we're dropped off there by mistake, meaning, you, you know, you, you put his shtadels in, but there's nothing to do That's what I'm saying. So both the Chavaz Avos and the Rambam would agree, right, but right both bus, would agree you know? in that moment that um, at that moment you put your trust in Hashem because you have to believe. I think both would agree that you have to believe that you tried not to end up there. You ended up there. It's from right, Hashem so that you ended so up there. That's what I'm saying. If you Whatever ended up there by mistake, but you put in all your efforts always yeah. to try, you know, the, if there's a cure, you find that cure and don't just say, Hashem, save me. Correct. But if there is no cure, then, then well, that's at the that point, there's nothing from you can do. The, the Ramban seems to say that, no, you don't have to put in all your efforts. That's what I'm saying. So, but there's, there's this tension even in a perspective in life because we see this. You know, there, there is an approach of Chazal. If somebody's terminally ill, it's very painful for a family member to have a loved one who's terminally ill. So if you hold out false hope, or what the Chavaz HaVavros would call being somich al hanes, you're just compounding your pain. Because in the natural order, if a person is terminally ill, beyond the point of treatment and healing, they're going to die. And that's, not, that, that's just the reality of life. Every one of us is going to die. We are. We're all dying. From the moment we're born, we're dying. The question is just when... Right, it's pretty depressing, but from the moment we're born, we're dying, and the question just is how fast or how slow is that death? When will it come? And certainly we influence that based on the lifestyle choices that we make and, and so on. So do you say, you know, no, I have such trust in Hashem that somebody's got stage 10, there's no stage 10, but stage 10 cancer, and they've exhausted every treatment, and it's metastasized across their entire body, and their organs have shut down, and they're unconscious on a respirator, but I'm going to quote, even if a sharp sword is on somebody's neck, you place your trust in Hashem, Hashem's going to make my loved one wake up. So we have a strong approach in Chazal and in our Misora, that that's a really unhealthy way to live. Because you're going to be broken and devastated and that, that you're, you're asking God to do a miracle. God doesn't, do you think you're on the level or this loved one, we want to believe our loved ones are on the miracle, that God's going to do a miracle that's, that's as big as the splitting of the sea or the ten plagues in a world where we all are going to die that's just part of the natural order. So there's something dysfunctional and unhealthy and debilitating and setting ourselves up for devastation to live with that sense of being somech al hanes. So I don't think even the Ramban is talking about being somech al hanes. I don't think in the Ramban would say in that circumstance that I just described, an extreme circumstance, that even then say, but Hashem's going to make a miracle. The Ramban is a realist. He was a physician, by the way. Everyone knows the Ramban was a physician. So was the Ramban. He was a physician, and he knew realism versus being unrealistic. What he's saying is before that, if you have strep, you can get a strep test and take antibiotic. Or you could say, Hashem is going to make this strep go away. I'm putting all my trust and faith in, in Hashem. I don't think he's talking about being unrealistic and relying on a miracle. He's talking about short of the miracle when it could be explained in nature. Do I have to utilize nature? Or can I ask Hashem to, even within the world of nature, make it, make it go away? So these are, these are complicated. When does Amunah and Bitachon dictate that I say, I, I never give up on Hashem? Anything can happen. Even in the most extreme circumstance where all odds are against and in the natural order, there's no way to explain why this would work out. I never give up on Hashem. Is that admirable or is that actually delusional? Not at that point you're saying Hashem's doing what's best for me. Uh, th- that, that would be a healthy way to do it. 
That would be a healthy way to do it. The Ran in Adarim famously says, there are times it's permissible to daven for someone to die. Right. Meaning, faith in Hashem doesn't mean I believe Hashem can make a miracle. Faith in Hashem, at this moment, my tefillah is, Hashem, keep them comfortable. Hashem, don't let them be in pain. Mm-hmm. Hashem, let us not be in pain and transition from this and continue to find comfort through the memories. There are all kinds of other things. Rav Moshe quotes this Ran and says that it is permissible in certain circumstances to, to transition from davening for a recovery and healing to davening for a swift and painless transition to the world to come. So yes, it's accepting Hashem's will, whatever it is. And Munah Bitachon, don't dictate subscribing to, to, to a world of delusion, becoming delusional, because you're going to wake up from that delusion and have to come back to the real world where that person's not going to survive and live. So Munah Bitachon, don't demand being delusional. They demand being realistic, but within being realistic, seeing Hashem's hand, feeling He's in the room, asking Him to help guide us and give us strength and make decisions with us and so on. So this sugya, as we're just giving a few examples right now, this topic is no less complicated than the most complicated topics in halacha. Haramban calls Kosev, and Ravob is now quoting a different Ramban. So, so far we've contrasted the perspective of Anamun Bitachon, or really the perspective of Hishtadlus, between the Chavos Halvavos, who says Hishtadlus is how we express Bitachon, and the Ramban, who says in the greatest, highest level of Bitachon, there is no Hishtadlus, there is no effort of Hishtadlus. It's just relying on Hashem. Ramban quotes the Bitchilis Parshas Vayishlach, Kinechtuba Parshazos, Leodia ki Tzilakish Borchu Esavdo, Lamanu Ochu Lobatach Bitzitkaso, the Ramban writes in the beginning of Parshas Vayishlach. What's happening in the beginning of Parshas Vayishlach? Who is concerned that he doesn't have the merits to survive and Hashem saves him? Yaakov. And Hashem saves Yaakov from the hands of Esau. Hashem saves Yaakov. And it teaches us that Yaakov didn't rely on his righteousness, that he made an effort to be saved. What does Yaakov do? The formula, the threefold formula. Diplomacy, he sends gifts. Yet, he's prepared for war, he's got weapons and divides his camp. And then most importantly, he also, he also davens. He also prays, which by the way, why did he pray? Kosh Baruch promised him, I'm going to protect you and take care of you. I've got your back everywhere you go. So, what is he asking Hashem for help? It's almost chutzpah. Hashem just reassured you, I got your back. And you say, oh, listen, can I talk to you about something? Do you mind having my back? You can just ignore what Hashem just told you? So again, the commentators say exactly what we talked about before. Hashem had a storehouse of having his back. But to access it, you've got to offer your tefillah. So Yaakov is, is, by example, showing these two parallel ways of trusting in Hashem. With prayer, with words, but with also with actions. Between the diplomacy and preparing for war. So who's the one who's pointing this out? That Yaakov doesn't rely on his righteousness. And Yaakov doesn't entirely lean into his faith. But Yaakov also does effort. Who's the very one saying that? Is the Ramban. Yaakov makes an effort. He takes initiative. Yaakov does it again when he does genetic engineering. Later when he's dividing from Lavan, he says the spot and the speckled and the different right. sheep and what you keep and what I keep and he puts the rods in the water and when they see it, they breathe. He's doing genetic engineering why doesn't he just say, Hashem will give me parnasa? I stay home. I go to sleep. Hashem will provide. If he wants me to get, I'll get. If he does, if he wants loving to keep, he'll keep. Again, you see that Yaakov is not relying on righteousness. Yaakov is not relying on extraordinary levels of faith. He's showing effort. Yaakov is 
When he does the genetic engineering and sets himself up, then, then he has this dream where the Prophet, the Navi Hashem, speaks to him and says, you can cut out the effort now. I got it. You've done the effort. It's registered. You, get, you took the key. You opened the lock. I'm ready to give you the bracha. And Yaakov stops with the initiative. That Ramban was not the whole Ramban. Even when the Ramban says, in a home that's filled with faith, there's no room for consulting a doctor, the Ramban himself continues. Only when Hashem has made a direct promise to you that He's got your back. That's when it's inappropriate. That's when it's almost disrespectful. To show initiative. Why is it that the person who is faint of heart, we send him home from war? What do you mean? Let him go to war too and put his bitachon on Hashem and whatever happens to him is meant to be. So again, in all these Rambans, what Revolve is showing is the Ramban himself, who talks about the extreme level that you put your entire trust and faith in Hashem, is only talking about when Hashem has made you the promise that He'll be with you. But if you lack the confidence that you are worthy, or that Hashem has made you the explicit promise, then you do have to engage in Ishtabas. So even though he's tried to set up a, a uh, contrast or a debate, between the Chavos HaLavavos perspective and that of the Ramban, if you go through the Sugi of the Ramban and you see the Ramban in these other, his comments in the other areas as well, you see that even the Ramban doesn't say that the average person should fail to make an effort and only do faith. Even the Ramban is saying that you have to take initiative and you have to take effort. So we're going to have to pick up with this for next week. But the point is, again, this is the famous saying, work and try when you do, do like it all depends on you. And then when you daven, daven like it all depends on Hashem. And that's our mission. That's the balance that we strike between the two. When we do initiative, we shouldn't view our initiative as being either in contrast or even in competition, in conflict with, with our bitachon. For the Chavos HaLvavos, it is our bitachon. So you're sitting in the waiting room of the doctor, which if you're going to a doctor, you're going to be sitting in a waiting room. So if you're sitting in the waiting room of the doctor, you don't say, you know, I'll say to him before I go to the doctor, I'll say to him when I come from the doctor. But right now, this is my ishtablis. The ishtablis is the bitachon. Hashem, please guide the doctor to come to the right conclusion, the diagnosis, give me the medicine, get me better. No, it's the ishtablis. When I'm at work, it's not that I dive, where's my bitachon? When I'm at shacharis and shul in the morning, when I say menchamar at night, that's bitachon. And then during the day, I gotta go to work because I gotta do ishtablis. The ishtablis is an expression of the bitachon. So that goes back to the Rabbeinu Yonah of if the Ishtablis is a form of the Bitachon, it means I bring Hashem with me everywhere. Hashem is with, he's got the desk next to me at work. He's sitting next to me at the gym. He's next to me in the kitchen while I'm preparing for Shabbos. He's at the supermarket. Hashem is with me everywhere. Because in the Ishtablis, in the effort and initiative of my whole life and all that I'm doing, Hashem is present with me all along, not in conflict with Bitachon, but as the expression and fulfillment of Bitachon.